Broadcasting live worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. Hello everyone, welcome to The Binge Buster Show as we are coming to you right here live in the studios of the wrestling capital of the South, the Queen City, Charlotte. And uh, before we get started, I got to bring on my co-host, cohort, and co-conspirator. I'm talking about Playboy Chris Plano. Chris, what is going on? Woo, terrific, Tony. Thank you for having me back. It's another week here. I'm so excited about tonight's show. We're talking rock and roll. We're talking wrestling. And boy, we are rolling in 2022, and I'm excited about tonight's episode. Man, it's going to be great. We're going to be uh, talking uh, from all all angles. With wrestling, rock and roll, and California, man, we're going, we're going to hit it all tonight. Uh, but, man, Chris, uh, before we get into the podcast, uh, last week, you know, big barn burner uh, announcement, Cody Rhodes became a free agent, walked out of AEW, uh, that was a the big uh, that was that that was the big news last week. Yeah, that was the big news. Cody Rhodes leaving AEW wrestling and going back to WWE, and it, it was huge news. It rocked the professional wrestling landscape as we know it. Um, coming off of that, we've even heard some other stories online. I'm trying to figure out what to believe, what to not believe, what's true, what's not true, and. You know, I've heard Tony Khan with AEW has some big announcements coming out, and God only knows what Vince McMahon has up his sleeve, but there's a lot going on, I would say, outside of the ring in the professional wrestling landscape today. Yes, yes, uh, I I agree. And then uh, today uh, I saw um, a little – I was looking looking through Facebook, and um, I don't don't want to say who posted this, but I sent the picture to you, uh, Chris – uh, looks like the nature boy is still out there hot and hot and getting it going 72 years old and still pulling them in, man. Uh, I, I believe I, I saw pictures of him and, a uh, rather, um, uh, good looking blonde, uh, out in my favorite, uh, neck of the woods. I'm talking about LA. He was out there last week, uh, and pictures are surfing or coming up on the, uh, the web, him and this blonde, and the blonde's taking good care of him, making sure he's got his mask on, his shirt's buttoned up good, and he's ready to get on the airplane. Um, who knows who that is? Or you know, there's, there's a lot of speculation, but you know, I think at this this point in time, Ric Flair's life, he's in his seventies, and man, he is just enjoying retirement. Uh, he's going out and doing his meet and greets. He's doing it all. And uh, man, when I get to be his age, I won't be doing the same thing. I'll be driving my Donzi across the uh, the the water there in Florida and soaking up sunshine and just living oh. living the best life I can live. And that's exactly what Ric Flair's doing right now. Tony, the Nature Boy, he ages like a fine wine. When I tell you, I mean, the man always has something up his sleeve. And he shocked the wrestling world again this week, again, outside of the ring, again, social media, social media, it, it, it's power. It, it, it's, uh, it's, I'm saying, well, I was their power play, but it's power. It gets the word out. And Hey, if the nature boy at 72, he's still kicking and Tony, let me tell you right now, 
the nature boy can still give it to half of these guys working in the ring today oh, at his age. Without a doubt. I mean, he's got, you know, we, we, we've said this a bunch of times, but he's got more, um, he's got more, uh, talent in his pinky than, um, right. than, than most people have, you know, uh, across the board, you know? Right. I mean, I, I listen, if it was a five minute match, I'm taking Nate all day. Oh, for without a doubt. Sixty minute match, okay, with some young guns, no, we know that's not happening, but he could pull probably a few moves on these guys and uh catch them off guard. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh no doubt in my mind, Ric Flair is, was and always will be the man. Absolutely. And speaking Absolutely. of Ric Flair, uh this week is the uh anniversary of mm-hmm. Ric Flair uh debuting that beautiful big gold belt. Uh right now I've got a clip of of him uh introducing that belt. Uh let's 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 check this out uh right now. You see, when your name is Ric Flair and you represent the National Wrestling Alliance and you just happen to work for Jim Crockett promotions then every once in a while, come on over here, David. The Crockets dig down in their pockets to show some appreciation for what a real champion should be toting around. And you see, the whole country has heard about it. Now they're going to have a chance to see it. And I'm talking about $40,000 a 24-karat gold, silver, diamonds and rubies with my name written on the front of it. That's right. Solid gold. The World Heavyweight Championship belt. Worn, owned, operated, and manipulated by yours truly. The World's Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, I'm custom made. Whether you like it or not, I'm your world's champion. And you know, you hear so much now around the world about everybody wanting to be the world's champion that I just like to take a time out of my schedule to come out here periodically and show y'all what the world mm-hmm. champion's all about. There mm-hmm. it is, Chris. I'm telling oh, you, man, man. He was out oh. there on fire <laughs> debuting that big, beautiful belt. I mean, Tony, Ric Flair, not only was he portraying the big belt to the fans, but to the ladies and to Jim Crockett Promotions, showing their appreciation. And that was big for him. Oh, And yeah. it was big for it the NWA. Huge. It was huge, for sure. Like, this is the precedence. This is the excellence in professional, not sports entertainment. This is the excellence in professional wrestling. I mean, everyone knows the WWF World Heavyweight Championship was out there. We all know that. But this was the excellence. When you have this around your waist, you're the best. And and I, and Chris, I remember, you know? I remember very very vividly. Uh, watching that on television, and mm-hmm. incidentally, that night that he um, showed it on television, that night they were in Greensboro, um, mm-hmm. and he defended that belt against Ron Garvin, 
And I and I'll never right. forget uh, when when he took it off and handed it to Tommy Young. Tommy Young held it in his hands for like ten seconds, staring at it before he lifted it up above his head to show it to the people. And I was like, "Man, that is one. That's one beautiful belt." And uh, incidentally, I'm lucky enough right beautiful. now I have one here in my studio, a replica. Now it's not the the one made by you know by Charles Crimrine, mm-hmm. but I do have one made by Reggie Parks, and it's right here in my uh, right right here in in my studio, and. Um, Man, I, you know, I was going to, um, uh, you know, I've, I've got somebody right now making a, a nameplate for it for me. And so I hope to have that uh, uh, here in the next few weeks. And then once I get that, I'll get that uploaded to our Facebook page for all the fans to, to, to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But later on in the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, the first time Ric Flair lost that belt. Um, I'm sorry, the second time he lost the big gold belt. Uh, to uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in 1989. He lost it one year prior uh, for the first time to uh, Ron Garvin, but uh, it seems like when he when he dropped the belt to Steamboat, uh, it, it meant a whole lot more than when he dropped it to Garvin. And we're going to be talking about that later on in the podcast. But right now we're going to be talking, we're going to be switching gears. And uh, Chris, uh, last this past week, you, you went and, and attended um, you know, it's the, mm-hmm. it's the Eagles, uh, hotel, California, uh, tour. And, uh, right now I've got a quick little commercial, uh, ad for this, um, for this tour. And then when we come back fans, we're going to be talking to Chris about his experience seeing the Eagles live here in Charlotte, North Carolina. The Eagles hotel, California tour. in concert with a full orchestra performing their iconic album Hotel California beginning to end plus a greatest hit set The Eagles Nationwide Arena April 19th Get tickets now at LiveNation.com Alright fans we are back here on the Binge Buster Show with the with the uh Solo in the background, Hotel California. Oh. Chris, talk to us, man. Tell us how, how great that show was. Tony, Monday night, Charlotte, North Carolina, uptown Charlotte, downtown Charlotte was on fire. The Eagles were in town. It was their second stop on the 2022 tour. They were in Savannah, Georgia, two nights earlier, kicking it off right into Charlotte. And Don Henley... Timothy B. Smith, Joe Walsh, Vince Gill. And actually, there was someone uh, substituting for Glenn Price's son. He was sick that uh, Monday night. That's okay. It was like they didn't skip a beat. Tony, they hit the stage. They ripped into Hotel California and played the album front to back. That was the first nine songs. Oh, wow. And they ripped into Hotel California like, we were listening to the album. And then the funny thing was after they ripped into hotel California, Don Henley gets up on the stage and go. And now Tony, Don Henley, Joe Walsh, they're all 74 years old, a couple more years old than, than flair. Right. Don Henley goes after we played hotel California, they got a standing ovation. They played the whole 
album, front to back. Wow, that's awesome. And then Henley comes on stage up to the microphone and goes, oh, we're just getting warmed up. We're going to play some other songs we think you might know after the break. Wow. <laughs> so, went crazy. Like, we're going to play the greatest test list. They played the greatest test list. So, they played everything. So you're telling me uh, <laughs> they, 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 these 70-year-old men play a whole album Take a break and come back and play more greatest hits, man. That I'm telling you, Chris, that that right there sounds like anybody that bought a ticket to that show well, got more than the money's worth. Well, Tony, I looked at my watch, and you know me, I'm a clock watcher. You know me, so the whole so the Hotel California album is only nine songs. They came out, they ripped through the nine songs, and they didn't cut any of them off. They played them in their entirety. Nice. Then the whole set list was an additional 19 songs. Wow. Was the greatest hits. That is great. And they took about a 20 minute break. And so they hit the stage at, at, um, so something I want to say, I never seen this before at the spectrum center. We all know what 11 o'clock is curfew, right? Right. Pretty much. The Eagles hit the stage at 8.18, I looked at my watch, is when they were walking on the stage, they ripped it to Hotel California. Mm-hmm. They left the stage at 11.20. Wow, that is amazing. They were going past 11 o'clock, which I've never seen in a long time Now, um, in Charlotte. Wow, that, that, that that's really good. Now, who who opened up for them? Was, was there anybody opening it, or was it just There them? was no opening band. It was them all night. Wow, that is that is great. And, and honestly, they played. It was so odd because, like, they played the Hotel California. And listen, you got they opened up with Hotel California, New Kid in Town, Life in the Fast Lane, you know, Wasted Time, Victim of Love, and then the other songs were kind of a little off. But it was like the guy goes, "We're just warming up." That's amazing. And the whole place like crazy. But Joe Walsh did say this. Joe Walsh did play um, Life's Been Good. But he goes, I'm 74. He goes, you guys got to help me. He goes, because I'm feeling up here. <laughs> He's like, but 74, they're still, they're still belting it out, man. And uh, no one left disappointed. Tony, I got to almost think walking out of the arena because Don Henley said, right before the last song and he played a couple of his solos, but they did end with, um, the encore was Rocky mountain way, Desperado, the boys of summer, which was the Henley song. Yeah. But then they did play best of my love was the last song. But before that, Don Henley did say, he goes, if we don't come by this way again, he goes, we thank you for all the support over the decades. Wow. So it kind of left the door. You don't know. I, I think it almost kind of left it half shut by the way he said it. This is what it sounds like to me for sure. I mean, they're se- they're all 74. I mean, Vince Gill's much younger, but listen, it's, it's he's not an original member. No, and but, we all know about Glenn Fry. Yeah, but man, I mean, let, 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 let's, let's talk about um, mm-hmm. Vince Gill for a second. That guy, mm-hmm. man, in the nineties, he 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 blasted off some great country um, hits, but uh, if you know, probably one of the most amazing performances I've ever witnessed 
from him was when he and Carrie Underwood performed. Um, I believe it was at the Country Music Awards, but she sang uh, her, uh, an addition, um, her mm-hmm. rendition of um, "How Great Thou Art," and of course. Uh, that you know that's a gospel song and but um right but vince played the the guitar in that song played a solo and dude they got a standing ovation from people mm-hmm. you know like um you know some of the bigger bigger stars in country and rock man they were they, right they got a standing ovation and carrie was very emotional um but uh but yeah vince is a great guitar player and uh i, th- I think he's a great addition and to eagles yeah and, and if I could say something, listen, Vince Gill was up there. He did his thing, but didn't ask for any praise, didn't ask for any attention. He was just up there, left side of the stage, and it was like he was just another player in the band. I mean, he wasn't trying to have this, like, blinking sign over him, I'm Vince Gill, cheer for me. Right. You, you know, and he, I'm playing with the other guys in the band and he did his thing. He did sing a couple of songs. Um, I will say Timothy B. Smith was on fire with, I can't tell you why in one of these nights. I mean, the place oh, was just going. I bet. Absolutely. I mean, when he hit the string for one of these nights, the place was going like, okay. Like it's, and you know, it, it was a, it was a great evening of, uh, of music and you know, God, I mean, what can you say about the band? I mean, they were, I think they were just humbled to be there. Right. I, I might think it might be the, I don't know. I mean, 74, all of them. You, I mean, you, I, I don't know. It you, might be the last time. they. I was going to say, you, you, you got to almost think that that's the, the last hurrah. Right. But and I'm just going off what Don Henley said before the last song. Yeah. If you don't see us cut through again this way, he said, humbly, thank you for your support over the decades and we thank you. And and you know, it was interesting. Yeah. The I'm whole, uh, I'm I'm sure it was a, it was a great show. Uh but being, you know, it, it I know it was a great show, but but to me um you know, uh, Glenn Fry, man, he was, he was like, yeah. the, I mean, his voice and the way he played was just like amazing, but let, let's stop for a minute and think about how, you know, a, a lot of people may not think about the Eagles being such a great band, but think about this for a minute. Every single person in the original lineup of the Eagles, every one of them done a solo gig and, mm-hmm. and even their solo gigs were just as big or bigger than the Eagles. Right. So, uh, I know a oh, lot, yeah. a, a lot of times people will have a, will be in a band and then they'll break off for a little bit mm-hmm. and go do solo stuff and the solo stuff bottoms out, but no one no. in the Eagles had, had that happen to him. I mean, look, gee whiz, look at, look at Glenn. Uh, I'm sorry, Glenn Fry in the eighties, uh, 85, uh, in particular, um, when he came out with the song, the heat is on, man, I remember being in elementary school and I hear that song, man, I couldn't, I, I couldn't stand still. I love that song so well. And I still, to this day, uh, like that. And then of course he had another big hit in the city. Uh, and so, so, Glenn, right. so Glenn had the kind of like that, uh, Miami vice feel towards, you know, a lot of his songs. And then, uh, you know, Don Henley, you, you can't go wrong there. I mean, he had a ton of hits in the nineties. 
Um, so right. all the guys have, have, have been very successful. And, and I, I feel like when, when you go see the Eagles play, you're really seeing a professional band. Oh, you, you absolutely are. And they did play Don Henley, The Boys of Summer, which was one of his solo songs. And they didn't play Sunset Grill. I have seen Don Henley play Sunset Grill in prior Eagles tours. They didn't play it this time. They did play Joe Walsh's couple of songs. They did play In the City, and they did give homage. Very quickly, I'm going to say to Glenn Fry, um, you know, I kind of wonder as a band, you know, they still want to pay homage, but I think they're also still struggling a little bit at like, how much attention do we give this? Right. They gave it a lot of attention on the prior tour when Glenn passed away mm-hmm. and they immediately went out that following year. So right. they did pay homage and the people applauded accordingly, but it was definitely a lot less time than when I saw them prior when they came through several years ago. Right, yeah, I'm sure. So I I get it, I get it, and it's probably tough for everyone. I mean, you know, up there, you know, to do this. But, hey, listen, 74 years old, and they jammed out 28 songs in three hours. Yeah, you you, you definitely can't, yeah. (laughs) On a Monday night. Yeah, you can't say much about that. Uh, that's great. I just hate that I I didn't know they were coming because uh, I would have well, I, I would have gladly you know came and, down there with you. And hey, fifteen thousand strong on a Monday night, yeah. and they were there yeah. fifteen thousand. And uh, I I don't know, Tony. I think they maybe might do something else in the future, but maybe not. I mean, I mean, I I don't know. You're talking guys seventy five years. Going right. on, it's like, all right, what are we doing here, guys? Makes it, uh, you know, makes it def- definitely makes it a little difficult, um, right? You know, it's kind of you know, kind of like the Kiss tour right now. You know, mm-hmm. Paul and Gina are, are 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 not too far behind the Eagles in age, right? And uh, right. you know, you, you always question like how how many more tours are they going to do before they say, okay, we're done, um, right? But but I'm 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 happy. I'm excited for all of them and. Uh, uh, I'm glad that that uh, that you got to witness and be there uh, for the Eagles there in Charlotte. And uh, man, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it was an opportunity. We went downtown, and uh, I said I got to snag a couple of tickets here because th- this could be the last time. Yeah. Th- th- yeah. Th- it, it, and and if not, listen, I saw them play the whole Hotel California set album from front to back because they would never play some of those songs ever in concert right and and period and, and to to you know to to know that and to, to feel that uh mm-hmm. you, you definitely you, you know you, you can't beat it because that's right you know that's um it may like you said you may never see them again so um, i'm definitely glad that you got to take that opportunity yeah to go down i mean there, and, there were there were legit three songs off of that album that they would never ever play in concert today mm-hmm. that I heard them play for the first time ever. So it shows me, you know, the creativity and the artistry of the band. Yeah. And, and how important it was to them to play, right. you know, you know, as, as, as what they call deep, deep cuts, deep tracks and for them to pull that out, that's that that that's so amazing. 
Right. So it was, it was fun. It was an opportunity. I jumped on it and, uh, Hey, but Tony 2022. And, and as I was telling the person I was with, this is going to be the year all the bands are coming out. Oh yeah. This is it. I mean, this is just this. We're just scrapping everybody in the iceberg. Listen, everybody's been shut down, shut up Uh for like two years and everybody's just ready to cut loose. I know I am, uh, you know, as, as I talked about last week on the podcast, you know, and, and we, uh, started planning that right there on the podcast, uh, taking a trip out to LA and see Motley Crue play. And, you know, I I mentioned, you know, we're going to go see Motley Crue play here in Charlotte, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you haven't seen the crew play if you hadn't seen them play in LA, cause man, they, they rock it out. Um, and speaking of LA, uh, Chris, the last time, you know, last week was on the podcast talking uh i want to i want to touch on this for a minute because uh i just got to get this off off my chest and i want to share yeah. it with, i want to share it with you and the listeners of course you already know most of it but i had this beautiful house booked in the hollywood hills uh my neighbors were going to be justin timberlake on one side of me on the other side of me of course i don't really care much about justin timberlake but whatever and on the other side uh i was told that katie perry uh, lived on mm-hmm. the other side of the, of the hill <clears throat> excuse me of the hill and uh but once we talked about <clears throat> seeing going to see motley crew i thought you know what i'm going to see if i can change my dates of the house because originally i had the house booked in june um so and and i had originally uh, had it booked for seven days so i decided if you and i are going to go out there we, we talked about five days so i'm like okay i'll shave two mm-hmm. days off okay so i send uh on the little website where i had the house booked um i send the lady an email i'm like hey i would like to change my dates to this uh can we do that and she's like of course no worries i can i can make that happen for you and she's like i'm, I'm going to send you a little refund uh because um you're, 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 you're staying less days. I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you. So, uh, then she sends out the, the, the new charges and dude, even though she sent me a refund, she still charged me. I'm sorry. She charged me more. She sends me a refund, but yet then, then she tells me that when I come out there and pay the last payment, it was still going to be the same amount that if, if I was staying for seven days and I'm like, wait a minute, right. this ain't right. So I start looking and a questioner, I'm like, well, what, what's, what's the nightly charge? And it was like two, two twenty five a night was, was what she was oh. charging. Right. For this house, which is worth it. You know, it's got two bedrooms, uh, a pool, uh, hot tub. I mean, dude, the, 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 if, if you stay in this house, we would be living like rock stars. Um, the, the bedroom, the master bedroom has a, a patio, you open up, and when you open up, all you see is the big Hollywood sign. You look to the right, and you see downtown L.A. It's mm-hmm. beautiful, right? Uh, I was excited about that. But then I start seeing that you know I'm still less days paying the same amount of money. It didn't make sense to me. So I questioned her about it, um, and she gets a little, little pissed off at me because I'm questioning her. But I'm like, okay, how is it that I'm staying less days but paying you the same amount of money? Even though you refunded me, I still got to send it right back to you. It's the same amount of money that I would be paying for seven days. Um, and, of course, she tried to put the blame on the, the rental company. Um, so I ended up just canceling the house altogether. So now I'm in the process now of trying to find a new place 
uh, which I know I can, no problem. L.A. is ready for tourists. They're ready for people to come out there, and there's tons of places uh, that that we can stay. So whenever you get when you get it made up in your mind, you you get everything planned out. I'm gonna I'm gonna book it, and we, we're gonna have the time of our life down there in Los Angeles, the city of angels. Absolutely, absolutely, man, Tony. I'm, dude. <laughs> You're on it, man. When it comes to California, you are one hundred percent on it. Dude. There, there, no one's getting nothing by you, man. Nothing's getting by me when it comes to LA. I, I know all the the tricks of the trade. I know where to go to get the free stuff, the cheap stuff, and I I can get us in places that most people will be like, "Oh, we can't get in there." Oh, we're getting in there. I'm, I'm gonna get us in the. If we go, Chris, we're we're we're, we're going in the rainbow. We're going in the whiskey. Uh, rainbow, whiskey, go-go. And we might end up in a couple of places that the, you the never know. police might be chasing hey, us. All I know is it's going to be a good time, regardless if, if I go by myself, if I go with mm-hmm. you, if my daughter decides. It doesn't matter. But this summer, right. I'm I'm tearing down L.A., it's going to be on, and I and I can't wait. But uh, but yeah, I, I, just, I just wanted to share that because it's like you know, uh, how how do people think people are so stupid to, to to think that okay, I'm changing my dates, I'm I'm shaving off two days, but I'm still paying you the same amount of money. Yeah, that that don't make sense to me, and that ain't happening. So anyway, right. so I. Uh, that was my bitch session. So now, Chris, let's let's move on to the main event of our podcast. As, yeah, let's um, do this. As as we, and we wind this thing down, but uh, as as we, we're, we're going to talk, uh, it's also uh, you know the uh, Rick Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat uh, met at Wrestle War '89 uh, mm-hmm. there in uh, Tennessee nashville so uh right now i'm going to take you to a little we're going to take a little commercial break and we come back we're going to break down that match and then uh Mm -hmm. and then in this podcast so we'll be right back right after this wrestle war 89 music city showdown was the first wrestle war pay-per-view produced by world championship wrestling under the national wrestling alliance banner the event took place on May the 7th, 1989 from the Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee with an attendance of 5,200 fans as they came to see the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nature Boy Ric Flair defend the title against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Plus, tons more matches including for the World Tag Team title. The Varsity Club defends against Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner. All this and much more coming up next on the Binge Buster Show. All right, fans, we're back. And uh, Chris, you know, I I I, I kind of I, I was planning on talking about the first time that Ric Flair, as uh, I, I said it wrong earlier, I said Flair uh, losing the belt to Steam to Steamboat. What I meant to say is Ric Flair was winning the belt from Steamboat. Uh, and that's, and that's kind of what happens on this show. But, you know, Chris, one of the things that, um, that bothers me about wrestle war 89, um, is the fact that the NWA world heavyweight championship should be, and, and it should always be the main event, 
Uh, but for some reason, it, it was not. It was not the main event. Matter of fact, it wasn't even uh, the semi-main. It was semi-main. It was it was right. third out. You know, um, I, I I don't really know the reason behind that, but I do know that Flair winning the title back from uh, Steamboat was a major uh, a, a major break there in his career. Uh, it's like you know when when Steamboat won the belt and he went on, you thought, well, you know. Maybe that maybe that was it for Flair's run, uh, but um, you know, a few months later, he's the champion again. I mean, yeah, I was looking. Actually, I'm looking at the order of the show right now, Tony. Okay, and I kind of get a little bit about having Mike Rotunda, Steve Williams against the Road Warriors of Paul Ellering for the World Tag Team Titles. That there was a major storyline behind that, maybe. But the other match or the U.S. Tag Team Titles, I mean, come on, right I behind mean, Flair and Steamboat, like for real? Yeah, like yeah. I, when I saw that, I'm like, who booked this? You know, <laughs> who put the U.S. I Tag mean, Team Titles as I mean, the listen, main event? And and Flair, I mean, Tony, we talk about this all the time. You and I, the Nature Boy, walk into the ring with forty women around them. Yeah. Ready to style and profile top floor Marriott Hotel after the show. Right. <laughs> I mean, how can you even put any matches behind that? Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you, you definitely can't. Win or lose, the guy's got 40 ladies behind him. 40 waiting, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he partied all night, I'm sure. Uh, now, incidentally, we have to bring up this. Uh, they they ended a feud with Steamboat and started a feud with Terry Funk because th- this this was the time where Terry Funk was a right. was a commentator. At least that's what we thought. And then he came he comes into the ring to congratulate Flair, uh, and then of course he turns on him and drops him on his head. And, and Flair will tell you that's the first time that anybody was pile driven through a table. And uh, he and and I heard Flair say Terry said, "Don't worry, Flair, I got this." And mm-hmm. uh, and and when he did it, Flair said, "I, uh, I, Terry, I, I did, I didn't know he was going to do that." And Terry said, "Neither did I." <laughs> so you know, right? Uh, but it drew money. Uh, and it did. And, and and it put him in a few with Terry Funk, and it gave Terry, uh, an uh, you know a good last run, uh, for the world mm-hmm. title. Uh, he it did. He, he, you know, you think about that. In 1989, Flair had some a trilogy of matches with with two of the greatest of all time, Ricky Steamboat and Terry Funk. I mean, mm-hmm. you you uh, can't you uh, can't, definitely can't knock the, the year and 1989. Funk was still coming hard in the late 80s. Funk, he oh, was still coming. Yeah, yeah, he sure was. I mean, you know, he, I mean, you were gonna still be in the match. You were gonna. Yeah. You knew what you were getting into. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, as the feud went on, Terry Funk almost got him taken off of uh, tele- on TBS when he came out with a plastic bag and put the bag over Flair's head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they almost got kicked off the air for that. But, uh, but yeah, it was a great, but, it was a great, um, a great time. And their uh, Wrestle War 89 and Flair and Steve put on another clip. I got to say something. I mean, of all the NWA. WCW cards that whether it be pay-per-view television or a house show flare from the third last main event. I don't think there's many out there. No, 
most time he's he was the main and uh and like I said, I'm not, especially I'm not, at that era and in mm-hmm. those in that era, they you know year wise, I, I, I might be the only one. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, it was it was definitely weird because I I remember watching the the pay per view and I'd see Flair and Steamboat like okay that's the mat last match and then I'm like then I hear Jim Ross say we got two more matches to go I'm like wait a minute what <laughs> I was very confused but. Uh, but anyway, it turned out to, to, you know, to be a, a pretty good, a pretty decent show. Um, wasn't the best, but definitely, uh, Flair Steamboat put on another clinic for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, Flair Steamboat, they can get in the ring. If it could be in front of a hundred thousand people, 20,000 people in an armory, in a high school gym, they're going to rock and roll the place. I mean, everyone knows what the expectation level is. And they're going to bring it back in the day every night, you know, which makes it, you just don't know in today's profession, if that, you know, on a national stage, can, can the guys bring it? You you kind of question it, you know, you know, today versus what, you know, someone like Flair and Steamboat did. If you look at Flair and Dusty, you know, back in the day, it's, it's, it's a tough act to follow. Yeah, it it was, and uh, that was that was one of Ric Flair's uh, uh, favorite things to do. Is he would, um, you know, his, his main his main goal was to make sure he sold the show every night, and uh, and right, and but Flair always always said it was always tough to follow guys like the Rock and Roll, uh, Tully and Iron. Uh, you know Barry Windham and and uh, and the Midnight Express. So, um, but I, I think at the end at the end of the night, Flair always came through and uh, and was mm-hmm. always you know always gave you money's worth. And 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 anytime you see Flair in Steamboat or Flair in Funk, you definitely got your money's worth. Yeah, I mean, and whether it's Flair in singles competition, whether it was in tag, the War Games, whatever the match stipulation was, you know, I think when you looked at an NWA card, you know, I think Flair did everything in his power for Jim Crockett promotions for everyone from the top down that I need to draw the most money off of the heat I can get both in and out of the ring. And you listen, Dusty drew money. Let's not get, let's not, there's no Dusty and the road warriors and Sting and, there were many guys that drew money and there's no doubt about that. But I think flair always had the mentality of listen, I need to do what I need to do to bring the most heat and the most money and and no matter what town we're going to. And I, and and it worked, It, it worked during that time. And he was a master at it. It didn't matter who the opponent was. Right. Yeah. Because you know, everybody wants to see the big dog go down, so that was the mentality, and and he played it well. And and, and listen, everyone made money, Tony. Oh. We know this from the top down. I mean, you know, yes. And it was a, it was a good, it was a good formula. It was a good recipe for wrestling at that time and cable television and pay per view and everything. It, it just worked, and you know, it, it you know so. And it's and for me and you and people that got to see that 
we appreciate it because we don't see a whole lot of that today. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's definitely a lost art and it's past, you know, it, it just, it just doesn't happen anymore. Unfortunately. No, no. Now when, you know, when the WWF WWE comes to town, excuse me, it's kind of like, well, it's a show. The guys are coming to town. Let's go see them, you know, but it's not a pay-per-view or it's not, you know, raw or it's, when Flair came to town in cities, and we can go through all the cities on the East Coast, Tony. Oh, yeah. It was on. All day long. It was on. The world title was on the line. And the people came because they thought someone could win the world title in this town tonight, whether it be, what, Norfolk, Richmond, what? D.C., Atlanta, Charlotte, Greensboro, Raleigh. I can go on and on, Tony, but that's, I think, the mentality of the fans. The world title could change tonight. Yeah, at, at, at any given time. And so you always want to go buy the ticket uh, right. and, and hopes to see Flair be, you know, lose the belt. But uh, he always managed to in hang reality, on to it. And, and I'm going to compare you here, and I'm going to go back to the 80s to a little bit, you know, I mean, and I'll even go pre-Hogan here. Yeah. In the WWF, when Bob Backlund came to town, and he would come to Connecticut maybe once a year, when he came to town as a WWF champion, it was huge. Oh, yeah. It was the once-a-year appearance. The world title's in town, and he might lose it yeah. in Hartford or New Haven. Get your ticket. Or he, he never did, but... He was taking on superstar Billy Graham, you know, whoever else was coming at him, you know, at that time, Rick rude, mm -hmm. you, you know, and, and then you had Hogan and, you know, you know, when I, when, when I used to go, when Hogan was the champion, we kind of knew, I mean, Hogan would have these opponents, but I was like, Oh, well the title probably not changing, but the title was on the line. Yep. You know, albeit, probably not going to lose it even though I was a teenager then, but you kind of knew, but the thing, the thing was, and I think that's what flair drew down here was that it could change tonight. Could Dusty change, Rhodes yeah. could beat him. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. And that's what drew the money. Yep. That, that drew everybody in. And, um, mm -hmm. I, I, man, I, I can't even tell you how many times that my dad brought me to Greensboro to see Flair defend the build against somebody, right? Barry Windham, um, Arn Anderson. I'm sorry, Barry Windham, Ron Garving, uh, Ricky Morton. Correct. Um, let me think. Who else? Nikita Koloff. Uh, you know, I meant like I was so lucky as a kid <clears throat> to be able to come to Greensboro, mm -hmm. and I, I got to witness there a lot of major things that happened on television. Happened right, right there in the Greensboro Coliseum. You know, you, you you go back to the bench press challenge, the Road Warriors, and the Powers of Pain. Man, you you know, I watched that. I'm like, okay, you know, at first I thought this is boring. I don't care about seeing them lift weights. I want to see them get in the ring and fight. But mm -hmm. little, but little did I know, you know, any any second, uh, the uh, the you know what they were doing. They were they were building the match uh, from from that bench press contest. And the next thing you know, when whenever you thought, okay, the Road Warriors are getting ready to bench press seven hundred pounds, 
boom, out of nowhere, the powers of pain attack them. And, you know, they're not able to, uh, to, to show the people exactly how strong they really were. Um, so then it, it left you ready, for, ready to see that match. And of course you got to wait, <clears throat> excuse me, but, um, but you know, uh, that, that, that day and time has, has passed us. I miss it a lot, but, uh, but man, I'm, I'm thankful for the WWE network. We can go back and rewatch it. So, uh, you know, that I, I do, I do like that. So, but Chris, you know, back to the podcast, um, flair was was awesome with the uh with the mm-hmm. world title he you know he had a lot of great matches and uh and you know anybody that 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 was able to be there or have been able be able to see it i definitely recommend right. it because uh flair and steamboat always put on the clinic but uh this one, yeah this one was definitely a, a really good match absolutely absolutely you know, it was a great time. Listen, you know, Tony, I say this every week on the show. It was a great time to be a professional wrestling fan, no matter where wrestling was at that date, time, year, whatever. Hey, it was a great time to be a wrestling fan. And for many of the people listening to us today, they didn't have that luxury no. of seeing that particular show. And they're watching it either streaming or you know, on a, on a replay or something and, mm-hmm. or they're just Googling it now. And, you know, back in the day, if you didn't buy it or watch it, then you were out of luck. Now today, yeah. I think the, I think the fans today, you know, don't realize how lucky they are. They're really just a couple of key strokes away from almost finding anything in the past. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really a lost art. Yeah, it it, it is. And, um, you know, um, like, like you said, in our day, if you didn't see it, you missed it. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't see it, you can go or back you had and to watch buy it. a ticket and go down to the box office. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you know, it's so now it's just, it's just a whole new dimension. It's a whole new game. Now, well, not, I don't want to say game It's just a whole new strategy of just how things are marketed today and promoted and, and kind of almost rolled out to your, the audience that's listening. Yeah. Pretty much for sure. Yep, it, yeah. it is. So you definitely got to check it out when you, when you get a chance. Well, fans, I think that's going to wrap us up this week for the podcast. Uh, Chris and I have, have broke down the uh, big gold belt, the Eagles uh, Hotel California tour, and, of course, Flair Steamboat Trilogy. Uh, all in all, Chris, great podcast this week. Tony, it's been a great podcast. I've had a great time. I, I've had a crazy week. I'm, I'm, I'm still recovering from my uh, friend Jill <laughs> Eagles concert the other night and everything else. And we're talking wrestling and and oh, <laughs> there's the horns, the horns going off. And uh, That's right. no, 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 she was great. And uh, no, it was a great time. And um, you know, overall, you know, it was just I love talking about this stuff. We're kind of Yep. We're kind of going back down memory lane, and I really I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do this every week, every other week, and we talk wrestling and where things were at and kind of where things are going. So, yep. Uh, yep. hey, but a lot a lot for 2022, and, and I'm excited. Yeah, and uh, there's going to be a lot more uh, things that the Binge Buster Show is, is, is going to get into. Um, I know right right now I'm I'm I've been negotiating with with a few um, companies as far as coming on as sponsors. So I'm hoping that that's going to pan out here in the next few weeks. 
Um, and then, of course, the next month, fans, when you tune in next week, it's the month of March. And it's my month. It's my birthday month. And uh, Chris is going to be the host asking me questions about my wrestling career, how I got started. A lot of people have been wanting to know. They said, hey, Tony, you've been doing this podcast now for three years. You've had Jake Roberts. You've had Rowear Hawk. You've had Teddy Long. You've had a lot of, lot of big, big stars on your show. But we don't know much about you. So I'm going to uh, dedicate the whole month of March. I'm going to have lots of people on that I have worked with, wrestled with, um, who knows, Chris? I may have a couple ex-wives on that can tell you. Mm-hmm. No, we'll do that. We won't. We, a couple ex-wives. We, oh we, God, we won't go there on those. <laughs> but because uh, if if the ex-wives get on and start talking about terrific Tony, mm-hmm. nobody nobody will listen to the show anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm only joking. But no, you're good. But it's no, it's going to it's going to be a good month uh, of March, and uh, who knows? We uh, may have some uh, binge buster. Uh, free gifts for some of our listeners at home that uh we, we might have some trivia i don't know i'm but but the month of march is going to be uh, exciting uh so you're gonna have to go and make sure you like us on our facebook page so that you can stay updated uh for the whole month of march and i know at some point in march chris you and i are going to be doing a live podcast uh i'm not sure yet if we're going to do it on facebook live or some other uh, uh platform but we're definitely going to do a live podcast where we can interact with the listeners at home and they can they can comment, they can ask questions. So we're definitely mm-hmm. going to be uh, – I'm looking forward to doing that at some point next month as well. Tony, I'm excited about the live Facebook podcast. We're going to rock and roll it. And, hey, it's all it, – we're going to keep rolling through 2022 and see what comes at us. We're rolling into WrestleMania season right now, and I think a lot of great – things are going to happen in the professional wrestling industry in the next 8, 10, 12 weeks. I think the landscape of this industry on a national level can look a whole lot different than how we're talking tonight. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I cannot wait to see how all that pans out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. Well, Absolutely. I think it's going to be an exciting spring season for the professional wrestling industry on a national level. And I think it's going to trickle down on the local level as well. Yep, I agree with you, Chris, because uh, I know we got we, there, there's some big shows coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the, the in the month of March, uh, the uh, PWF is putting on a huge show there in Clover, South Carolina. So if yep. you, you, you know, fans make make sure you, you you go like their Facebook page. Uh, and go to pwflive.com and buy your tickets for their big show featuring the Hardy Boys, Arn Anderson, Ricky Steamboat, and Demolition Axe. Uh, and then, of course, the NAWA has got a huge show coming up uh, in March as well. So go to nawa.com uh, and find out more about that as well. Well, fans, for, for Chris, I'm Tony. We will see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to The Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform. Yeah.